This episode of the Sales Leadership Podcast is brought to you by Sales Leadership United. Sales Leadership United is the world's largest collection of sales leadership assets. Sales leadership frameworks, mindset tools, skill set tools, performance coaching, sales leadership training tools, video insights with some of the world's most successful sales leaders, tools used by sales leaders to create massive impact in the current environment. So don't waste your time trying to reinvent sales leadership. Head to Sales Leadership United on Patreon and check out what the world's most complete collection of sales leadership assets can do for you. Every topic you'll ever need and the tools to help you accelerate your sales leadership career all in one place. Check out Sales Leadership United today. Hi, I'm Rob Jepson, and my mission is to help sales leaders everywhere create record-setting growth in the companies they lead. I'm here to share the secrets of the world's most successful sales leaders. I don't care how big the company or how big the team, we showcase sales leaders who are taking what the market gives and then some. We feature leaders of teams that are beating their markets, winning at crazy rates, and creating life-changing years for the people they lead. The Sales Leadership Podcast is brought to you by the Jepson Performance Group. We help sales leaders make how they lead their most defensible competitive advantage. It doesn't matter if you're a new manager, a first-time VP of sales, or a seasoned sales leadership executive. Tap into the power of coaching with people who have been there, done that. If you've ever wondered how other people with jobs similar to yours are addressing challenges you're facing now, reach out to the Jepson Performance Group and learn why sales leaders all around the world choose us as their performance partner. Now, get ready for some serious insights from sales leaders that are making it happen. And remember, don't worry, we got you. Hello, and welcome to the Sales Leadership Podcast, where high-growth sales leaders share high-growth practices and tactics. Today, I am so excited to bring someone to the show to help with something I get asked about all the time. Seriously, people are always asking me about this topic, and so I am super excited to bring a really important expert to our show today. I really am excited to welcome Tara Horsmeyer to the Sales Leadership Podcast. Tara's firm, Happy Words helps sales leaders and salespeople everywhere learn to use content in ways that are difference makers. Tara simplifies LinkedIn for salespeople. She provides ghostwriting services, and she's an executive content coach. She helps people learn what good content is and bad content is, and more importantly, how to create success in this important world of content creation. Now, Tara's been featured everywhere. Entrepreneur Magazine, Vox, and Business Insider are just some of the places that have featured her insights around how to create a successful LinkedIn strategy. And that's going to be a focus for us today is, is how to use LinkedIn in a way that will be a difference maker. Tara started out as a writer and an editor with fantastic success, and she's learned how to channel the power of content in general. But today, what we're going to focus on is her expertise in how to really emphasize what LinkedIn can do for you specifically. Now, personally, I've been following Tara for a long time. I'm one of the people who has benefited on a very personal basis from many of her insights. So I know the stuff that we're about to talk about. I know it works. I don't think it does. I know it does. And she's one of the top LinkedIn experts in the world. I'm super excited to bring her to the show to discuss simple but powerful ways we can, link, we can use LinkedIn in a noisy and a cluttered world. I've been looking forward to this conversation for a long time. I am pumped to have Tara joining us in this conversation. I know you're going to get value out of this. I know you're going to have fun with this. Tara, welcome to the Sales Leadership Podcast, and thank you so much for joining me. Thank you for having me, Rob. I am just as pumped to be here, maybe if not more, but I don't know if I can follow that. I think I am definitely at least as pumped to be here. So thanks for having me. 
we're going to have so much fun today. <laughs> and we got 50,000 sales leaders are going to be better off because they heard you today. So I'm excited to get you in front of this group that that's chasing being an elite leader. And, and LinkedIn is such an important tool in the modern sales environment that I think is largely misunderstood or only superficially understood. And so I'm really excited to have you help us uh, get after it. So why don't we start by having you introduce yourself and what you do for your customers? Yeah, so I work with mainly um, executives and teams, and uh, it's it's really evolved and morphed. I, I started with being just an executive ghostwriter, and so working with, of course, founders, leaders, CEOs, executives, those who wanted to have a voice on LinkedIn, but just did not have the time. I mean, they're great communicators, but they just needed someone to channel all their incredible insights and uh, to be able to articulate what they were thinking, why they were thinking it, and uh, get that into the world. And since then, uh, my journey has grown to being able to not only help them write, but to really coach them on how to write and then uh, help their teams get a presence on LinkedIn and really understand the psychology and the social strategies that matter just as much as the uh, the media strategies because it is social media. So helping them twofold, not just on the media and on the content side, but also understanding uh, LinkedIn, really how it, how it helps you just build a full personal brand that uh, you're happy with and are proud of, and that leads to the opportunities that you want. So I love that. I love your story, how you started it out, like as an editor and a writer, and now you've learned how to channel it. Uh, how, how did you get connected with the sales world and the sales leadership world? Because you've certainly done a lot of things there. That's, that's an interesting step from where you were to being like a well, like a well-recognized expert in the sales leadership world. Yeah. So my journey is crazy. I mean, I did, I went to school to be a journalist and an editor and spent the first half of my career in corporate America and in, in a newspaper world, editing and writing. Let's go. Yes. <laughs> so that is, and I, I was on the sports desk and that really is my passion. Sure. But Seriously. Yeah. I started as awesome. a sports copy editor um, in Gainesville, Florida. So any Gators out there, go Gators. Uh, so I was Let's at the go. Gainesville Sun uh, early in my career and it's so funny how when I look at the threads, everybody's like, wow, how did you go from writing to leadership or how did that happen? And I'm like, well, so much of what I have done in my career um, has been about making others better. So when I was an editor, I wasn't the reporter. I was the one they would send their content to and make sure it was published ready, make sure all of their facts were checked. Everything was ready for them to shine in the spotlight. And so as my career progressed through the years and I ended up working at a startup, I mean, there was probably about a 10-year <laughs> gap between finishing as my corporate job to moving into other roles, eventually landing into the sales development world and building that team and then leading a sales development team at a startup. That's really wow. where I was able to use all of my skills of leadership that I learned in a nonprofit ministry setting in between there as well. Move that from writing to editing to leadership. And then it was like the perfect, um, perfect storm of skills to be able to lead in a sales world and uh, be able to use all of that uh, to help people shine and to really be their leadership editor is to say, hey, you've got all these skills. Let's make you better. Let's make you shine. And so that's really what gets me excited. I think we could change the whole focus of the show based on your introduction. And I want to sit in this for one second. I'm sorry. I know that wasn't what we were planning on talking about. We'll get there. <laughs> This yeah. emphasis, I wrote it down, my career has been about making others better and, and that you've made a, a life out of focusing on making those around you better. I, 
if there was a role for a sales leader, I can't think of a better way to articulate it than helping people become better. Better can be applied in lots of things, better at the skills, you know, better at uh, more successful, better people, better versions of who they want to be. Any thoughts? Can you share for a second why that's become such a guiding principle for you? Why you're so obsessed with, I want to help others become better because I think that's going to provide a really nice color for what we're about to talk about. Yeah. So I, I, you know, I think that it goes back to that one-to-one versus one-to-many influence that we all seek, you know, in our lives. I mean, I say we all, most of us, I think do, we, we really want to have that inner guide of purpose. And for me, there has always been an arc of wanting to get better myself, but nothing makes me feel better. Honestly, (laughs) ask anybody around me then seeing what I can do and the skills that I can bring actually amplify that and magnify that in other people. And so, you know, you've got your skills and your expertise and your ability to impact this one role, this one project, this one task that you're doing. Well, imagine if you could take all of those skills and learnings and now apply that to your team of, you know, five, 10, 50, whatever it is, people, and then allow them to go out. And now they're impacting their one task, their one role, their one call, whatever it is. So now your skills of doing something that maybe felt one-to-one, your one call, your one task, you've now taken your skills and have amplified that through 50 people. And now all of a sudden your one skill is actually 50 skill. It's actually impacting 50 people. So it's this exponential thing of really just going so much more beyond yourself into saying, Hey, now I've helped this person go and do what I can. And honestly do it even better (laughs) because there's only one you, but in a lot of ways, you can really hone in on, okay, this is where their superpower is. And maybe that's not my superpower, but I can help them get to their superpower. And now they're exponentially impacting other people. So it's to me, it's just so fun because it's like threads of achievement and expertise and, um, you know, brilliance really going out into other people that started with you. And I mean, how much more fulfilling could that be? Well, the reason I love it is I'm a big believer that there in the modern day, especially there was a time that everybody was spreadsheet managing and activity managing and, and pushing them more, but all the time, well, we've got to grow. I know we've got to grow. And I still see too many leaders that see their role as to hit a number or, you know, make sure I have a minimum viable activities or any of these kinds of things. And I don't think that's the role of a leader anymore. I think the role of a leader is to realize there are no neutral leaders Every leader is a catalyst. You're either a catalyst for something successful or you're a catalyst for something unacceptable. And when you tell me that your role is to make people better, that fits into the way I look at that leadership world of we are all catalysts. The question is, what kind of catalyst are you? So thank you for being willing to spend a minute on that because I think think that we need more people to upgrade or modernize their personal leadership philosophy. And the first, the way we get stale as leaders is if we don't, keep our philosophy of what it means to be a leader current. So thank you for sharing that. I love that perspective of my career is about making others better. And that 50X multiplier you mentioned, that speaks to me. So thank you. You're welcome. Let's uh, let's talk about a statement that you shared with me once that I really think will kick off this conversation. You mentioned once that in 2019, LinkedIn really changed the course of your career. Would you mind like talking about that? I think it's a great way to kick it off. Like, why is that the case? How was that the case? Like, what did that do for you? And and let's then like parlay that into what I hope will be a fun combo. 
Yeah, absolutely. So in 2019, before 2019, let's just go back to 2008 when I signed up for LinkedIn, probably along with everyone, because that's when the app came out, I guess. And so, you know, did the whole thing. I think through the next 10 years, 11 years, I maybe connected with like 300 people, which sounds like a lot, but it's really just coworkers, friends, you know how it is. But 2019 is actually when our CEO of the company where I was um, leading the sales development team he stumbled on LinkedIn and was like, holy moly, does anybody realize what's going on over there? You know, we all thought it was just a resume holder or a place to update your mm. skills or whatever, find a job. And he was like, what? This is a content creation platform. <laughs> but for me, I went into it like, wait, what's going on? And so really followed his lead. And the first time I remember logging in and pulling it up, I was like a fish to water. I don't even know what was up there. Somebody must have liked something, but all of a sudden, and all of these incredible, impactful sales leaders started showing up in my feed and were giving just easy to digest, insightful, super interesting tidbits to where, to the point where I literally said, this is like having a mastermind in my pocket. So I was blown away and really spent the next six months just learning. I was your classic lurker, which people say so negatively, I think is crucial to LinkedIn is to lurk, is to learn, is to read the room, to go in and say, what is going on here? What can I learn? And so uh, through the next six months from 2019 to everybody knows 2020, um, I just spent so much time on LinkedIn learning from incredible sales leaders, applying tactics because I I was leading a sales a sales development team for the first time, you know, and and just wanted to learn all I can from all these people. But then really what made it different for me was uh, I transitioned from just learning passively to starting to DM all of these incredible leaders and just tell mm. them thanks for the things that they were teaching me. And, you know, for, exa- for example, if someone gave me a great uh, video prospecting tip or somebody put out just a different uh, strategy and I tried it or we implemented it, I would go back and send them a note saying, hey, <laughs> this worked, or can you tell me a little bit about this? And I, what I ended up doing was just developing some really fantastic relationships behind the scenes until the point where they were like, Tara, why are you not posting? And I'm like, what? I don't have anything to say. And they're like, yes, you do. And so I got a lot of encouragement. And then by midway through 2020, I jumped into the water myself, started posting and getting over my own fears, which I'm so empathetic to, and uh, very quickly realized that I had actually been building community um, this whole time. And so the community really showed up. And then with each post and each time um, I ended up giving back just my learnings, I realized that uh, I was helping people get better. And that to me, again, is like fish to water. I love it. And so as they say, the rest becomes history, right? Yeah. <laughs> so um, so let's get into LinkedIn for a minute, if we can. Uh, I have a feeling this time's going to go fast. Um, I think in the modern selling world, LinkedIn is a tool that's not a nice to have. I think it's something that you need to gain some discipline. And I, I think there's different levels of usage. Like you are certainly a power user and other people might be like you said. The reason I love your story is you said I started as a lurker. And I, I imagine almost anybody that listens will resonate with that. I also like your story because it's a relatively recent success story. Like 2019, 2020 is when you decided to get into it. And now you're just a couple of years later, here you are as one of the people turned to for help. So I, I think that salespeople and sales leaders have a lot of questions on how do we use this? For example, 
I, you'll get the stat. I don't know the stat. I, I know I'm going to get this wrong. So I'm going to ask you to correct me as soon as I say this, because I, I don't want to say this wrong. I've seen staggering amount uh, of, of stats that say something that's like a staggering amount of people never post. All they do is, is look, I think it's single digits actually post something like that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, so let me finish Then I'll shut up and I want to hear you because you're going to help me with this. I, 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 I see that people just browse. And I think we got a lot of sales leaders that are listening right now that will often wonder how do I have LinkedIn become something that's more of my systems rather than say, oh, by the way, make sure you whatever. Like, can we start talking about how can sales leaders use LinkedIn better as part of how they lead their team? Yeah. I, I mean, there, there are so many ways that leaders come into this. And usually it's going to be that they're trying to hit a certain metric. You know, it's like, hey, we or somebody told them, hey, we need to start social selling or we need to start doing all these things to, you know, to, to, to prospect and to use LinkedIn. But where I always start specifically with sales leaders is recognizing so few people are putting out content. So few what's people the number? Was I close? I mean, it's it, it, there's everywhere from one percent to four percent, but it also looks at frequency. Only one, to, yes, one to four percent of people consistently. Um, I think the one percent is oh gosh, I'm I'm gonna flub it because there's no actual like hard data out there. Um, but for most people who do analyze the site as a third party, it's somewhere I think four percent now. We're up to around three to four percent will use it, but that might only be once a week. But your power users, your somewhat consistent daily users, is still going to be hovering lower, probably around the 1%. And it just, it did cross 900 million users. So when you think about the opportunity of people who are on there versus who are actually posting content, it, it's amazing. Even if you just sign up halfway consistent, you're going to see results. But the companies who really do this well, they see it not as just, hey, this is an opportunity for a person who works at our company to amplify our company voice. What really works is when sales leaders, number one, they walk the walk themselves and they start mm. getting out, connecting, networking, posting, doing the things that they ultimately want their team to do. Like anything else, modeling the way is going to hold so much more weight than just telling the way. And so that's where I always start is, hey, sales leader, what are you doing? You know, let's work on your voice and your brand to show them that we're going to do it. But then we go in and say, hey, okay, now that you are doing this and you're modeling the way, now we've got to get with your team and start uncovering what their actual um, reasons are going to be for posting. And then you develop a program around that because we know like anything else, it's going to become work if you don't work to make it about them and about the opportunities that they're going to get, the brand that they're going to build, the um, metrics they're going to hit, the goals that they're going to crush, really all of the benefits that come back to them. And then as a company, you are going to get to rent that brand as long as they are with your company. So it naturally is going to impact the company. But if you start there, you are going to lose 90% of your team because the going is going to get tough. So you have to tie it back to what's in it for them, just like any good sales leader will. So, so I love that, that concept of renting a brand. I wrote that down. I'm After your first set of comments, I'm already a half page into this. This is going to be a fun conversation. It, as you, as I listen to you, Tara, it strikes me that leveraging LinkedIn might become, it might, if it's not already, I think it might be, so I'm about to say this. So forgive me for, for being slow with the question. 
but it's it's I'm trying to process this the right way because what you just said is making me thinking this. Is it a new non-negotiable for a leader that you have to be able to have that presence because it's going to help with more than just winning deals? It's going to have have a lot to do with probably recruiting, I'm guessing. Uh, there's going to be a lot of things. And, and, and so if you're a leader, it's not just a, oh, by the way, it, is it a new non-negotiable to have at least proficiency there? I mean, I would say so. Unfortunately, I think like everything else is it's going to depend on your leadership. Now, this can be a, you know one of those questions where if your if your senior leadership understands the power of LinkedIn and leveraging it and doesn't see it as an enemy, absolutely. I think it is going to become not necessarily a non-negotiable, but something that will elevate you above other people who aren't. And so a lot of times what you're going to have to do is if you do have leadership that is already on board and knows the power because they know the power of recruiting, they know the power of being a magnet of attracting certain people to you that it will be. And that that is going to be what specifically they're going to look for. Because here's the thing about LinkedIn and about all personal brands is it's no longer who you know, it's who knows you. So you being a magnet yourself is going to ultimately impact the company. And then they will see very quickly, wow, this is so much more than you just posting a, you know, a blog or, or the latest webinar or something to get leads that this is actually amplifying um, something way deeper. And those leaders who know how to do it well and who know how to do it effectively are going to impact the company, are going to impact the bottom line and are ultimately going to bring their attention back to the company. So I would say your forward thinking savvy companies will know that and will see that. And uh, they will definitely want that as a non-negotiable in their future leaders. So we'll we'll say this then this way. So everything that we we're going to talk about the rest of the time, you and me, we got about another twenty five minutes that we're going to talk, and I promise you it's going to go fast. It starts with you as a leader, and then then we need you to help extend that to those around you. And maybe we'll finish with how they do that. But let's let's talk about like ways that we can simplify. Like I'm going to guess that of the fifty thousand people that are listening. I'm going to guess every single one of them is on LinkedIn. Probably that's what I'll guess is every single one of them. Like if you're not, it's like not more than 1% probably. And they're on LinkedIn. I, I, uh, in fact, I I'll tell you this, like when I hire people into my company, like I've hired a few college grads to do some work for me and they're building their LinkedIn, uh, whatever. I'm like, listen, your first assignment is to get to 500 connections. So it doesn't have a number on it. I need it to say more than 500 every time you reach out to someone. That's like my first assignment to these people. When I hire them out of college, some of them are coming out of college with that already done. I'm like, sweet, let's go. And, um, so let's talk about things that leaders should be doing. You've brought up posting. So let's sit in it for a second. Okay. Original content, can seem intimidating. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I'm blown away that it's only 1%, no more than 4% are regular posters that that's interesting. Um, so let's talk about posting. Like, what do you suggest? Uh, I've seen some people say you must post something every day. I've had other people say posting every day is overrated. Make sure that it's good and not just quantity. What's your thought as an expert, like talking to, 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 sales leaders in every industry. We've got tech, non-tech. We've got finance. We've got manufacturing. We've got professional services. You got a whole bunch of them that are listening. Any thoughts about creating a philosophy around posting? 
Well, my favorite philosophy is really going to be in the sustainability world. So one of the biggest things that we're going to come across that you're going to come across is that feeling of, I have nothing to say, so why do I say it? So that is why planning ahead of time is going to be important, just like you would do everything. But I'm always also a fan of overdoing it over overthinking it. So if you do anything, keep doing it, keep posting, keep making something regular. Now I break it down into three categories of the kind sure. of content that you uh, should post <laughs> that I believe moves the needle. And then I work custom uh, to customize this depending on your goals. Because again, you've always got to have a goal in mind. Otherwise you're creating random acts of content and you hate it. You end up hating it. So it really mm. has nothing to do externally of, oh, this doesn't, you know, uh, lead me to getting a lead or it doesn't. I'm like, before we even get to strategy, you've got to create something that you can actually sustain and enjoy. And so, and then once you get there to say, okay, I can commit to three times a week, then I'm like, okay, great. We're going to do this Monday, Wednesday, Friday, first thing, <laughs> we're going to write it ahead of time to make sure that you've got something to say, but I love to break it down into three categories and sales hey. leaders love this because it's very easy. It's no like, and trust. Ultimately we want to get to trust because as we all know, people love to work with people they know, like, and ultimately trust, but yes. the LinkedIn is that 99% of the content that you gloss over you as in me as in all of us is in that trust category, because it's another stale list of 10, you know, email to, to do's or don'ts, or it's this uh, just things that you automatically know. It's very obvious content. But what it also can do is when you have the trust bucket, when you're working out of there, that's where you post your expertise. That's where you post um, an advice, a tip, something to help somebody get better. But we don't want to stay there. What we really want to do is we want to post no content. And that's what helps people, shocking, get to know you. So some personal things. So maybe, again, this doesn't have to be vulnerable. Let me air out. It's not dear diary. It's more of like, just let me show a, a more personal side of me. These are the fun you know, a family post of something that maybe you did with your, you know, kid over the weekend or a story that you learned, um, you know, this past week that has to do with something maybe a little more personal in life, but that gives everybody like a chance. Yeah. It gives everybody a chance just to show, Hey, I'm not just a robot. This wasn't written by chat GPT. <laughs> you know, this wasn't just something thrown out there that literally anybody can write. This is me personally sharing my story. So that's your no bucket. That's going to be something super helpful. Then you've got your like bucket. This is actually one of my favorites to work with on sales leaders because most sales leaders, this is not, hey, I want to be likable. This is actually, um, I want to have a, a point of view that is so strong that I'm going to put out there that I'm actually going to sift. I'm going to have a little bit of a sifting mechanism here of attracting and repelling people out of my circle because when you stand on a solid point of view, People are going to either like it or they're not going to like it. And that's okay. They're both super important as long as they're both tied back to a core value or a core sales principle that you, these are these hot takes, unpopular opinions, um, you know, any of those things that allow people to say, okay, maybe I don't agree with that, but I really like what they stand for and what they stand on. And so those are so important to do. And then again, you've got your trust bucket, which is all of those things that show your expertise in your area that you can speak to your ideal client 
clients and customers that you can showcase your knowledge to say, hey, I am the trusted expert, or even I am the trusted learning, you know, person, if I'm an SDR, or any kind of a more role where you're still learning, you still want to be able to say, hey, I trust that person, I would get on a call with them, I would book a meeting with them. And then when you can do all three, when you can have no like and trust in your uh, toolbox <laughs> for your content, and then you can start weaving those in, you are you're not just doing a little uh, brushstroke, but you're really painting a full picture of who you are. And then people gravitate toward you because now they know, like, and trust you and want to work with you. So this is awesome. I've not heard it broken down like this before. I really appreciate you giving a framework. I love, I'm a framework guy. I love frameworks. <laughs> and so no content, like content, trust content. It makes perfect sense to me as I, as I hear you say that. Um, do you build on it in that order or is there like, do you need to stay current in them all? Like any, any, I, I love, I can say for people that will get the video clips on sales leadership United, like you're chomping at the bit. I can't, you're, you can't wait to go. This is awesome. Um, I'm, I'm interested in how you plan for that, manage that, like balance that. Maybe that's the right word balance. Is that like any thoughts around that? Yeah. So that's when I customize plans because you, depending on your goals, again, depending 100% on your goals, when I'm working with someone who um, potentially is in a more service industry, who's going to have more high touch clients, they are going to have probably a little more on the no category of things because they want to build their personal brand. They want to be likable, trustworthy, of course, but um, they want people to really see the person behind the person, less about the skills that they bring, definitely part of it. But when you are in a sales role, when you're in a sales leadership, you're going to still want to skew in the trust category. You're still going to want to do that. And you're going to want to sprinkle in these no and these like um, content as we go. So there's typically not a hard and fast rule, usually in that um, sales leadership or even a leadership and above um, executive leadership category. I'm going to do at minimum 60% of their posts are going to be in the trust category. And then depending honestly on how vulnerable they are and how comfortable they are, we'll probably do a little more in the trust category, maybe um, um, you know, 30%. And then maybe the last uh, 20%, I'm like, can I do math? 10%, there you go. Uh, we'll be in the light category just to show, hey, I am human <laughs> and I do connect. And that is what resonates with people. People will not be able to come to you most likely and say, hey, I really connected with those top 10 tips that you wrote today. It's going to be like, hey, I am drawn to you because you shared that you struggled, you know, your first time, um, sitting in a, a classroom, you know, that when you were younger, or when you went through this hard thing, or you were born vulnerable in that, because that's how humans connect to humans. And but then they're going to they're maybe kind of enter your ecosystem through a more um, gentle personal post. But then once they're in there, and they start to like you, they're going to start following and saying like, wow, not only do I like this person, but they're credible, they know what they're talking about. And this doesn't just happen in one post. These are the thing. This is why consistency over time builds all of that, that they end up getting a more full picture of who you are. And then when you hit those incredible trust posts, now it doesn't just seem like, oh gosh, this is someone tooting their own horn. This is, they really know what they're talking about because, and also I like, you know, Mike's dog because we just saw a picture of him with it, you know, or they just did this. So it, it all works together. So I, I like that. That seems like a pretty good high level approach to posting. And I want to make sure we cover at least three or four things. So I'm going to leave that there and I'm going to make sure we give people the ability to contact you. So if they want deeper, they'll get it from you. Okay. I, I want to, I got, I got a couple of places. Maybe this falls in posting. I don't know. 
What about the relationship in commenting on other people's stuff versus coming up with your own? Because commenting is still a different type of posting, right? Or, or am I looking at that wrong? Gosh, this is, I mean, when I say like my number one favorite thing to talk about, this is my number one favorite thing to talk about. All right, then then let's go. So I'm talking about more than just clicking like, I guess that's what I'm saying, more than just liking, right? Yes. And that's important too, because I, t- I say this a lot, that the the thing that changed my trajectory on LinkedIn was not just seeing something and thinking something, because we all do. We see something, we scroll, we think, huh, okay. But it's starting to get out of ourselves and seeing something and saying something. So I'm like, see something, okay. say something, see something, Ooh. say something. And that might start with dropping a like. That's okay. <laughs> so it, it, we all got to start somewhere putting ourselves out publicly, because even dropping a like or a, a celebration or anything, saying, hey, I approve of this post on some level, or I find it interesting, you're still putting yourself out there. So, but the next level is really the most important. If you do nothing else on LinkedIn, commenting on uh, people's content is what's going to get you seen. It's going to, it's the number one currency to every single content creator on LinkedIn is going to be your comment and your thoughts and adding those. So that is how you move from, okay, I know this person to now this person knows me is when you show up in my comments or when you show up in their comments, because you're giving them uh, what they want, which is really uh, a way to amplify their voice and their thoughts. They're learning what you think they're starting. You're starting a conversation and uh, you're really making yourself known. And when you start to do that over time, you become unignorable in so many ways, but also so fun because that's how you find your voice because comments are typically you're, you're writing in response to something, you're not creating the wheel, you know, you're not creating everything to begin with from you, which is typically a lot harder. Um, so I always start people with uh, lurking and DMing and then moving straight into liking and then into commenting before I even have them posting a single thing, because that's how they find their, their tribe, their community. And uh, you're already going to have people imagine that you've been spending time supporting other people. When you go out to put your post, you better believe your people are going to start supporting you too. I love what you said. You probably don't even know that you said it because you're such an expert and you say it all the time. Becoming unignorable. Like that's something like if we're in the, I I believe that we're in the attention business as salespeople, we got to get people's attention and connect to things they prioritize. And if you can help a salesperson become unignorable, like I wrote that word down, will you go another layer deep on this concept of unignorability? That's a skill that I've never heard of that I now want to learn tons and tons about. Okay. Yeah. How do we do that? Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, commenting is going to be the number one thing, you know, and, and this okay. is a squeaky wheel. I always start again. I don't want to overcomplicate because overdoing is better than overthinking. So just get out there and say great posts, say wow. said, say everything that you can to just get your feet wet and just start getting comfortable saying something publicly. So it's okay. People like tell you not to do this, but I'm going to say, it's okay. Do it, do it until you feel comfortable. But the next layer is where you want to get. And that is 2.0. And that is if there's somebody obviously that you want to know that you want to say, Hey, I'm here. I see you show up on their content um, consistently, but use your insightful nature. If they wrote something, you know, don't just come in contrarian. Cause I think that's easy for a lot of us to do is, is, you know, we're still, we've got lots of thoughts, support what they've said first and then go mm. into 
something that you're saying, you know? So even if you disagree, or even if you've got a differing viewpoint, be like, Hey, you know, Hey, Jen, I, uh, that was, that was a really interesting call out. I like how you said this. You can copy and paste a quote that they said, what do you think about this? This is what I've seen in my, you know, this week or in my book of business, and then bring a different viewpoint in there or just support it with like, Hey, I've actually seen this. This is really works. This is great stuff. Um, and ask a question, start a conversation, start a conversation. They may or may not respond to it, but you start to do that over time and you will absolutely become unignorable. There is no way they are not going to see it. And if they do, <laughs> for some reason, if they don't, you know that you have done everything in your power, but I guarantee you, you will get seen. What a, I, I think, like, I always think I, I always find the title of the episode as I talk to people and I thought it was going to be avoiding random acts of content on LinkedIn after you said that. But I think it's this concept of becoming unignorable with LinkedIn. Uh, I, I, and that seems like I like this. So so I think that's probably good enough there. We're going to run out of time. I'm down to my like last nine minutes. We still got stuff I want to at least let you scratch the surface on. So if you're going to do that, then that means, hey, so I like the idea of a po you're posting content, no like trust, love it. That's so awesome. That's so great. And then this idea of, of becoming unignorable by com like commenting on this. And I imagine like if it's a prospect, you especially want to get into the prospects conversations, I would imagine, which then leads me to the next topic that we should at least scratch. Is there a, a right way and a wrong way to connect? And like the connection, like if you're going to be seeing them in these feeds, you've got to be connected to them, right? Yeah, well, you can follow them. So what I always suggest is follow them. Hit, click the follow button on their profile. You don't have to click the connect. Um, even if they have connect as their default, you can click a little button that says more, I believe in little dots next to it. And um, and it will say follow. So go ahead and follow. Don't send that connection request just, just yet. And then for the next why? couple of- Will you tell us why? Tell all of us why? Because if they haven't seen you, there is a good chance that they have no context for why you're reaching out and connecting. And they may not, I mean, at worst, they could hit deny and ignore. At best, they could just literally leave you sitting in there forever um, because they just have no context. And maybe they'll accept, maybe not. But if you want to up your uh, percentage of getting accepted eventually, because what Connect does, it is it allows them to see your content and you can still follow them and see their content all day long. Um, so you want to do that. You want to spend at least a couple weeks, um, depending again on, on what your uh, cadence is and, and where they are in the process, but I would follow them, start engaging with their content, become unignorable, hitting that like button, hitting those comments, engaging in comments, obviously be respectful, be amazing, bring your personality, do all the things um, to, to start a conversation. And then after a couple of weeks, shoot them a connection note. Hey, you know, John, I've loved engaging on your stuff. Your last post was super insightful. Would love to connect and as you know, would, would love to stay connected if you're up to it. Uh, and then it's like, uh, of course, I know John now, or I know, you know, Julie or whoever it's, I've been talking because I've been talking to him for two weeks um, yeah. on my post and on my content. And that's how your connection request becomes unignorable versus the, you know, tons that they likely are getting every day. I think that's also really good advice. I, I, this idea of follow first makes a ton of sense. What about, what about to those people who continually, and you know, it happens because I'm guessing it probably happens to you every bit as much as it happens to me. What about those people that connect and you say yes, and then they hit you with a pitch immediately? <laughs> Don't do that. Ever. <laughs> Ever. And if you're a sales leader, is that something you should address immediately with your team? Don't ever yes. do that. 
Yes. Don't ever do it. And look, I have been in the sales development seat. I have probably done every single thing or have been. So I'm speaking to the choir. Like I have done all of the things that I now not to. And so I I come at it with, again, 100% empathy. I'm not tone deaf by any means. I know you've got a cadence, you've got all that, but that's so us focused that we forget there's somebody on the other side of that. And those kind of, um, those kind of DMs, you could be selling the best product, the best to absolutely be what I need when I need it. And if you do it immediately, you're violating a, a basically an unwritten social rule that you are going to get blacklisted. Even if it is the best solution that you've ever heard, you're not giving yourself a fighting chance. So it's kind of one of those things that you're like automatic. No, that's a spam filter for people. And yes. don't, just don't do it. Just have some patience. The reason I bring it up is it happens so often mm-hmm. that I, I'm thinking that either people are being told it's a numbers game and just do it because it'll work itself out or they're not being told not to. They're, they just don't know better. Uh, those are the only two things I can think of because it happens to me every single day. And then what's really funny is like, I'll get four or five of them like from the same person. And then they send me this breakup message. Like they're mad at me that like, like I did something wrong. Like, can we start the conversation? And I happened this morning. I'm like, we never have started a conversation. Like, yeah, why are you trying to make me dating. feel guilty? Yeah. <laughs> why are you breaking up? With me? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and so anyway, that, that was on my list because it happens so much. I, I wonder if you, if you have thoughts about that, because it's, does it happen to you a lot? I'm getting, I, I, you know, it does. And I always know it. And I, you know, I, I admit I'm a journalist. So I am like this. And I've been in say like my, my spidey senses, my skeptic, <laughs> skepticism yeah. are already up. So I get that. Um, but I just assume that every single person out there is the same. So if I would not want to receive a message like that, don't send it. Like you wouldn't want to as a sales leader and you're getting pitch slapped. Don't make your team do it. Just don't do it. <laughs> I like that. That's a really good lens to look through. I think I'm glad we stayed in this for a minute longer because don't send messages that you wouldn't want to receive. Mm-hmm. Totally. <laughs> good. That's good. I, I just don't like it happens so much. It, it makes it feel like when I see stuff hitting me on the message side, I'm like, I don't want to even look at it because I know that 90% of it is something that I'd probably don't even want so anyway um we're down to our last call it five or six minutes i I think i want to spend it on consistency if if you don't mind Uh, i have this belief that in most things consistency will trump random moments of brilliance Mm -hmm. Um, do you have any thoughts about consistency for sales leaders as they help their teams become unignorable on linkedin Yes. So it's okay to process the personal. That's what I always say and process what it means to them. So absolutely any way that you can put a process around your LinkedIn, put a program. I mean, I know we kind of hate to call it that because now it's like, oh, something else to do. But what you're really doing is you are giving them ways to stay consistent and things that absolutely they'll think, okay, well, in my free time, I'll get to it, whatever. You have to make it part of their job, (laughs) period, end of story. Don't ask them to do this outside of work. Give them time, um, you know, once a week where they have a power hour, maybe, you know, where you all write your content, Mm. share it for the week. Are you a fan of scheduling? Are you a fan of of scheduling, pre-scheduling content? I am not personally, but LinkedIn is my, I always call it, it's my like sandbox. It's my playground. So I like, and I might write something and wake up and be like, I don't feel like this. I don't, now I'm gonna have to talk about it all day if I post it. So there is something to be said about it. But with my clients, I do recommend, I do recommend scheduling if they can native in the app. There are scheduling tools out there. 
Yeah. Find what works. And a lot of people, it helps them get going. And then once they get the hang of it, they may decide, you know what? No, I'd rather be in the moment, you know, post in the moment, that kind of thing. So that's super important, but also is having a plan of support around it. Because like all of us, you put something out and then there's crickets. (laughs) It's that's not going to help them keep going. So when you want consistency, you've got to just like everything else, just like all of your other metrics, you've got to end up um, giving them opportunity to uh, have something that they're rewarded for, for just doing the thing, for being consistent, for putting out the post, do challenges. Those are fun. A 30 day posting challenge, not that they post for 30 days, but say, Hey, for the next 30 days, we're all going to post three days a week. We're going to throw our links um, or throw our post into a Slack channel. We're going to support each other. We're going to give feedback. We're going to talk about our highs and lows, just like you would anything else, just to get things going. And then perhaps even have some kind of reward of, you know, maybe not who got the highest um, engagement because you can't control that, but maybe who posted the most that month or who stayed consistent to the goals that they set forward. Things like that help a whole advocacy program take shape without you uh, feeling like you're constantly pulling teeth, getting them to post. I'm really glad you said that because sometimes I love how you said, sometimes you'll write something that you think is a masterpiece and it seems like it's ignored. And other times you write something that's like, whoa, why do people like that? But having consistency makes it so you don't like, I don't know what your thoughts are. And since I, I, I think this would be a good way to, to wrap uh, this and then we'll, we'll start to wrap up this conversation. We've had, by the way, thank you. This has been fun, not fast. Um, writing for likes, I think is a mistake because that's elusive. Um, but I love writing for no like and trust. That's a different kind of like. Um, I think that's why consistency is so important. You do it because you're in a process. You do it because you have a greater thing you're trying to accomplish. It's not this better have X number of likes or shares or whatever, or else I failed. Any thoughts about writing with purpose other than just for someone else's engagement? Gosh. So, you know, there, there is something to be said about numbers because otherwise we wouldn't track them. I think that they are important. Those are not the things that are going to keep you in the beginning. I say, don't even look at them other than, okay, where, which, which things seem to really resonate. So I only focus on, okay, let's take your best performing and let's think about why, and then how can we reproduce those? So there is something to be said about it, but not nearly as much as we give it because so many people who are going to help um, amplify your brand, build your brand, are going to be your silent supporters. They're going to be the people just like you three months ago who were lurking. That's why you have the impressions that you do, even if you don't have the likes and comments that you do, because people are still seeing your content. So tying it back to uh, some kind of engagement, some kind of, hey, this is actually working, um, and then putting in more strategy around ways that we can increase it, but it not being the goal, but rather it being an outcome from the goals that we're actually reaching, which is creating great content, starting great conversations, sending connection requests, commenting on other things. The only things that you can control are the things that you need to reward. The reason I love what you just said, I'm just going to make a statement and then I'm going to let you finish this up. I have had things shared with me that the social networks are now more trusted than like a Google network or a search or like that. That when people are looking for where do I go for help with X, Y, or Z, they aren't starting with like a Google search anymore. They're starting with what's in my social network because I believe that more. I trust that more. And that's why consistency can be so important. It's not who got the best search results on Google. It's like who's in my sort my resource that's why i love what you just said you just gave a blueprint to showing up when people turn to that resource for help 
you'll be there. I love that. Um, How do I get more of you, Tara? We got a lot of people that probably are digging you as much as I am. How do they get more of you? How do they get the resources you have to offer? How do they pick up what you're putting down? How do they connect with you? All of it. How, How do they get more Tara? Well, definitely find me on LinkedIn. It's my hangout. Um, so it's super easy, obviously. Uh, just search me up. I think I'm the only Tara Horsefire there is on LinkedIn. Uh, and then my website, happywordssell.com, uh, has my packages and, and has a way to get in touch with me to see if I can help you. But number one, just send me a message. Shoot me, you know, shoot me a message on DM or on the DM, say hi. And just know I'd love to support and cheer for each other because that really to me is the best part of LinkedIn is making everyone better by just giving you their attention and uh, allowing me to root for you and cheer for you and watch you be the best version of you two pages of notes today that was good um this was fantastic um i'm gonna put all the links in the show notes that you just said so i'll have tara's link to her her linkedin i'll have a link to her website to uh, everything she just mentioned, we'll have it there. You don't have to go looking for it. We'll put it in the show notes, make it easy for you to get a hold of Tara. Tara, one last thought, like a final thought to everyone on, on using LinkedIn for whatever purpose, whether it's becoming unignorable or becoming better or whatever it is, avoiding random acts of content. You got a final thought you share with 50,000 leaders that have been eating up everything you've been sharing with us today? Yeah. Don't be afraid to stand out because in order to be sought out, you are going to have to stand out. And that includes getting out of the shadows, getting out of being comfortable and putting your voice out there, because that is how people start to know you, start to like you, and ultimately start to trust you. And maybe just maybe want to work with you. Love it. Her name is Tara Horsmeyer. She is one of the top LinkedIn experts you will come across. My advice is to connect with her. My advice is to reach out to her. If you want to start using LinkedIn more strategically uh, with yourself or with your team, hit her up. She will help you become better. And if all you do is just follow what she shares, you'll be like me and you'll be better as a result. She's been helping people all around the world become ignorable. She's helping people all around the world become better uh, intentionally and not accidentally. And if you're smart, you'll let her help you do the same thing. Tara, thanks so much for joining us. And as I said, everybody, happy selling and good luck. (laughs) Thank you. Hey, everyone. Welcome to another So What portion of the Sales Leadership Podcast, where we break down that interview and we ask ourselves, why did that conversation even matter? But first, this episode is brought to you by Sales Leadership United. It's 2023. And to achieve 2023 performance, you're going to need 2023 systems. So don't make the mistake of using systems from 2020, 2021, or even 2022. I think there's at least 12 systems every sales leader needs to use in order to keep current. And that's not easy. Keeping systems current takes work. And that's why having access to the largest collection of sales leadership assets in the world will be so important. I want you to think of Sales Leadership United as a Home Depot for sales leaders. There's everything you need to take your sales leadership game up and create elite impact with those you lead. I'm talking about sales leadership systems, sales meeting systems, sales coaching systems, sales recruiting systems, sales forecasting systems, deal coaching systems, mindset coaching systems, proven frameworks that are ready for you to use immediately 
immediately. Video insights from this episode with Tara and dozens of other elite sales leaders worldwide, a private podcast for members only, and weekly updates on what I'm seeing other sales leaders use and do to create elite impact with the teams they lead. People join Sales Leadership United because the depth of the sales leadership assets, but they stay because the tools remain so current, so relevant, and so immediately applicable. So don't reinvent sales leadership and don't get stale holding on to systems and tools of the past. You can find Sales Leadership United on Patreon and for less than the cost of lunch, you can invest in yourself in a way that will supercharge your sales leadership journey. Tap into the tools, the training, and the techniques used by some of the most successful sales leaders in the world and check out Sales Leadership United today. I've been following Tara for a while now, and I'm a big fan. And after listening to this conversation, I hope you understand why. Because this was a fantastic conversation. As a salesperson, it's a noisy world that we're all up against right now. And getting the attention of those we're trying to work with, that's hard. And it's become an extremely important part of what our teams need to be great at. And that's why I love Tara's emphasis on becoming unignorable. I love the word. I love that's her emphasis. How do you become unignorable? Listen, I ignore salespeople every single day because they haven't learned how to be unignorable. I think that's a concept that you could really take and do something with with your team because that's what the great teams are able to do. They get the attention of those they can help without relying solely on just pressing the more button. And since so few have really been taught how to use LinkedIn strategically, I was really excited to get Tara on the show because pretty much everyone starts on LinkedIn the same way, as a lurker. And Tara just shared a really great blueprint on how to move out of the lurker zone and get in the impact zone. And as sales leaders, you should have connections I'm sorry, you should have conversations about how your reps use LinkedIn and how they might use it better so they can become unignorable to the clients they serve. And if they do that, they're going to also become unignorable to the prospects they're trying to work with. But if you as a leader aren't using it yourself, it's hard for you to ask those you lead to use it correctly. Because as leaders, good LinkedIn will help you in recruiting. It will help you in winning opportunities with your reps or chasing. And it's going to do a lot of other interesting things for you as well. Here's an example. I have a client I work with who has made LinkedIn, connecting to people on LinkedIn, part of their sales process. Part of, of what you do in your pre-flight checklist is have you com connected to people all um, there's a few things that, that, that includes LinkedIn, um, <clears throat> comment on their content, all that good stuff. But this leader added something else to it. He made it part of the sales process for the sales person to engage him as part of their one-on-ones and their deal coaching activities to make sure that the leader is also connecting with the key members of the prospect buying team at a very strate strategic part of the sales process. And then that leader also is engaging with their content, commenting on it, sharing it, supporting it, adding insights around it. And what's been interesting is the impact it's created. Sometimes the prospects will actually reach out to the sales leader and thank him, then share thoughts on the solution the company's offering and the experience are happening. Sometimes they'll talk about the rep. There's all kinds of conversations that are starting because of it. Sometimes the leader is brought into the deal 
And when they actually talk to the buyers, it's cool because they have familiarity with each other. And Tara gave some killer advice that I think simplifies how you start. I actually, before I go any farther, like this example I gave, the person doesn't use the commenting. You should never use LinkedIn as a stealth sales uh conversation. You want to be genuine in your interest in what they're talking about and genuine in sharing your insights about these topics. Because remember, one of our greatest gifts that we have to offer is our perspective because we're having so many conversations around these challenges that our customers and prospects will be talking about. Anyway, um, Tara gave us some great advice uh, on how I think simplifies how you start using LinkedIn. One of my favorite things she talked about was to make sure you're painting a full picture of you. And at first I was like, what does that mean? Uh, and I loved how she clarified it. I loved how she simplified it. I loved how she gave us a way to, to know how to do it without spending too much time on it. And that's why Tara is a really important resource for every one of us. And as a result, if you follow Tara's plan, people will feel like they get you before you ever speak with them. So my advice is to dive into Tara's philosophy on posting. She shared that there are three types of posts. Number one is know, content that helps people know you, both professionally and personally. Help them know you. The second is posts that help them like. I'm talking about like you. Help them like you personally and want to connect with you and feel like some kind of an affinity to you. And the last one is trust. And these are the kinds of posts where you showcase your knowledge and your insights so you can be someone people turn to for help in achieving their goals, their objectives, and their priorities. And she suggested having a plan on strategically sharing posts with, you know, posts about no, posts about like, posts about trust. I thought that was really, really smart. So here's an example. If you post three times a week, maybe Monday is, maybe Wednesday is a trust post, and maybe Friday is a like post. And the reason I like this is there's an old formula that says no plus like plus trust equals credibility. And I believe that's when you do get unignorable. You have consistency and you have credibility. And that's something you should help every member of your team achieve. So Tara, thank you so much for joining me. This was a really important conversation. You've laid out an incredible blueprint that will help so many people simplify how they use LinkedIn, but still do it in a way that creates impact. So my advice to each of you 50,000 listeners, go back and listen to this one again. Take some notes. Check out the videos I'll be posting on Sales Leadership United. Have members of your team listen to this or watch the videos. And then my advice is to have a team meeting around the concept of becoming unignorable. You might even invite Tara to participate in it. Be sure to connect with her. Check out her resources. We've included links to Tara's resources in our show notes. I'm going to invite you to use them because you'll be glad you did. Tara, once again, thank you. Thanks for your willingness to share with sales leaders all around the world. I appreciate your willingness to do as you said, which is make others better. Comes through loud and clear. Your commitment to helping those around you is unique and it's contagious. And be sure to check out Sales Leadership United to get the video segments conversation with Tara. I'll have several clips in there that'll be huge leadership resources for you, and you're going to want to use them with your team for sure. Finally, thanks to each of you, our listeners. The greatest compliment you give us is to share the show with those you work with. Introduce them to the Sales Leadership Podcast. Leave us a review on iTunes, and you can support the show by checking out Sales Leadership United. Head to Patreon and check it out. You're going to be glad you did. 
Thanks so much for support of the show. Our job as sales leaders is for the people you lead. And if you liked this message, please share it with someone who needs to hear it. And then get after it this week because life is short. There's no guarantee of maximize what you do today. Be elite, live strong, and chase your passions. Do your best work so you can live your best life. And don't ever forget that you got this and I got you. Have a terrific week. Thank you so much for joining the Sales Leadership Podcast, the award-winning sales leadership podcast for those sales leaders looking to create legendary impact to those they lead. The greatest compliment you can give is to share this show and any of your favorite episodes with your fellow sales leaders, social media followers, or other communities you're part of. The Sales Leadership Podcast is brought to you by the Jepson Performance Group. If you want to discuss any of the topics discussed on the show, want to level up your leadership impact, discuss executive coaching services, or even include me at an upcoming event, hit me up at rob at jetpg.com. That's rob at jeppg.com. And to those of you working to become a legendary sales leader, I salute you and wish you much success on your journey. Whenever you need someone in your corner, you know where to find me.